0: Hi, I'm Sally Prosser. Welcome to That Voice Podcast. Great to have you here. I believe your voice matters and deserves to be heard. I started this podcast to share free practical tips to help you speak with more confidence, to grow your business, advance your career, and avoid totally freaking out about public speaking. As a former TV journalist and company spokesperson, qualified speech and drama teacher, TikToker, and general lover of life, I know firsthand about the power of showing up with confidence. Your voice is the soundtrack to your personal brand. Are you ready to turn it up? Welcome to Episode 78 of That Voice Podcast, 5 Public Speaking Lessons from the Newsroom if you're new to the podcast and new to me, you might not know that I used to be a radio and TV news reporter. And that's why I do a fair bit of corporate media training. And I also work with lots of young journalists to help them develop a great news voice so they can tell the story and not just read the script. It's not like my TikTok newsreader comedy into the hairbrush, in case you're wondering. And, you know, my experience in news has taught me lots of lessons about business and also public speaking. And what better way to share some of these lessons than with a fellow former journo turned public speaking coach and speaker like me. I'm talking about Joya Das. Now, Joya spent 20 years as a business news anchor, delivering live hourly reports from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. How cool is that? (laughs) Now, before I bring our chat to you, I would love to invite you to my voice and Vigno virtual party. The events online, you can drink whatever you like, I'll be drinking wine and using lots of wine metaphors that are going to help you nail down your vocal brand, produce a rich, attractive voice, speak with clarity, and, you know be engaging when you talk. This is the taster for my six week voice makeover. And it's only 37 US dollars if you buy before the 1st of June. So that's Voice and Vigno. The link's on my website. It's also in the show notes. So if you want to speak with more confidence, more clarity and more charisma and virtually drink wine with me, (laughs) then get your ticket to Voice and Vigno. Okay, let's dive in. Joya Das, welcome to that Voice podcast.
1: Thank you for having me, Sally. I feel like I need to get on a plane and come visit you in Australia, although that's a long time to wear a mask. Oh,
0: please do. It is worth it. (laughs) And it is so lovely to speak to a fellow former news reporter.
1: Yeah, I spent 20 years reporting from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I'm one of the gals that you see every hour just analyzing what the market's doing, what are the top stocks you need to know, done in two minutes and into commercial break.
0: Wow. And what did you have to study to get a position like that?
1: I will tell you that I went to get my master's in journalism. I don't know that I knew right out of the gate that I wanted to do business news, but my first internship while I was in grad school was with the chief financial correspondent of Nightly News, NBC Nightly News here in New York. And that was when I was like, I love that no matter what's happening in the headlines, your money always makes the news because people care about their money. Also, I noticed that because the markets were obviously not open on Saturday or Sunday, you could have some semblance of a life even though you're a reporter. Also, if like a cat like runs up a tree or you burn chicken on your stove, like that's not the story you want to send me on because I'm just not passionate about that. But I was <laughs> really passionate about getting up and telling you about your money. I just think that it's such an important thing and it never gets cut.
0: That's absolutely right. One of my news directors said, the heat, health and the hip pocket. So <laughs> you, you can never go wrong with weather or health or anything money related. So you're absolutely right. And so tell us about now how you've made that transition out of reporting into your own business.
1: I launched a documentary production company back in 2010, and it was really because I'd just done the news grind for so many years at that point, getting up at 2.30, into work by 3.30, on the air by 5, that I was like, all right, I'm doing all this, but where's this body of work that I can look at and say, I'm proud of this? So I stayed on the air, but I launched a production company on the side. And that was truly when Lady Drinks, which is my women's leadership platform, got Its birth. Uh, I had taken on a business partner and she had started Lady Drinks in Toronto, monthly meetups for women in film and TV to network and get jobs post recession. So she was like, hey, you know, as a business development exercise, could we host Lady Drinks meetups in New York City? And I said, sure, whatever. But I didn't realize that an entire generation of Indian girl had grown up watching me on TV at a time when no Indian girls were on mainstream TV and 300 were showing up to my events. And I thought, okay, whether I like it or not, I'm in a place of responsibility. Because truly, as we're being raised as Indian women, there's no space to have conversations about becoming CEO, COO, managing director, senior counsel, not in our friend circle, not in our home circles. So then where are you going to have those conversations? And then where are you going to find the support for it? I decided to create it because I was a master at doing that for myself. And so now it's been nine years. I've left television. I'm running this platform full time. But uh, I don't know that I've ever worked as hard in my whole life and as much as I do Monday through Sunday as I do, you know, really leading this, leading this thing that I've built out of nothing.
0: Oh, but it's so fantastic. You know what they say, you can't be what you can't see. So yeah. being that role model to so many people is so fantastic. And I guess when you were on TV, you didn't know how many people were watching, whereas when you say come and come to Lady Drinks, you can actually see in person all of the people that you're impacting.
1: And I would wager that that's so much harder because you have instant feedback if someone's on their phone or instant feedback when they're talking to their friend or now we're on Zoom. So you know when someone's just zoned out and not paying attention and you're still like scanning the room and reading the room and you're painfully aware when you're losing the room. So for me, I I would wager this is way harder, um, but I find it much more rewarding.
0: Oh, fantastic. So today we're going to talk about five Public speaking lessons that we can take from the newsroom. Yeah. So let's get started. What is lesson number one?
1: Trust but verify. I just went through this, you know, in hiring a young college graduate. You got to ask for references. You got to check those references. And I think you got to hire anybody that you're going to hire on a contract basis for a probationary period to see whether or not your values are aligned. And if in person, this is going to be able to deliver. So much as you would with facts, when you're in the newsroom, you want to make sure you trust, but verify when you're hiring somebody, because I mean, that's just going to impact your bottom line.
0: Absolutely. And if you're not hiring, and you're just putting together a speech, I think that that point is so relevant, because when you are researching your statistics or your facts, you know, it's not enough just to kind of do a quick Google search and say, oh, yep, well, that's what the first result says, and then put it in your keynote. (laughs) It's important to be able to dig down and verify because something like that can totally throw your credibility if you are looking to get out there on the stage.
1: If you're only in front of people for one time only, you only have that one shot to have their credibility or for even you to get clients out of the room, if that's something that's, you know, part of the the mission statement of being there in the first place. So uh, knowing your facts and trusting that verifying is important, important, important.
0: For sure. And also a lot of uh, speeches these days are recorded. And so they're living on forever. So you want to make sure you've got those facts right.
1: Everything on the Internet lives forever, even when you delete it.
0: I like those Facebook memories that come up because I wasn't quite an early adopter of Facebook and I, I see these photos from my university days and I'm like, oh, untagging that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that's great. Now, what's lesson two? always have plan B I don't care where you're going what you're doing you know you have plan a and you hope for the best but in live TV I've learned that you always have to have plan B and plan C road tested and ready to go because time is not something that you have a ton of when you're doing live television as you well know and so if things are going south very quickly with plan a plan B and C need to be ready and you got to be able to pull the trigger so for me even in business like if things if you know or an interview what I'm doing with a speaker is going south, like I will quickly pivot. If someone is not the best speaker, I will immediately flip it and start with questions. You know, like I can't lose the room. Uh, I think th- that to me is detrimental to my business. It's also detrimental as a speaker to lose the room. So for me, you got to think on your feet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just from my own experience, uh, plan B, if the tech fails, if nobody shows up live,
1: I've had a speaker dump out like minutes before. Like, thank goodness I network like a fiend, you know, that I could pull somebody out of my hat and be like, I need you to do me this favour. I will do whatever you want, but please, I need you to speak to my class today.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've had a fair few scenarios where I've been the one they've called. Like, Sal, our speaker has dropped out or I've lost an interview. Can you do it? And I think it's because they know that I am ready to jump in, kind of how we are in the newsroom, always ready to go.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And that's a skill. That's a skill set. And not a lot of people have that get up and go. For sure. Okay. Number three, watch the draft. You know, when you've like put something out there or you've asked somebody to do something and then there's just dead silence. I like to call that the draft, which means like that even in silence, that's information too. So next on to the next Onto to the next, on to the next. I now, as a, as a business owner, am selling every single day. So much like when I was calling somebody to be the subject of a news piece and they don't call me back inside of, hour 45 minutes you know half an hour on to the next I don't have when I have a deadline at six o'clock and it's already one o'clock the luxury of waiting for you to get back from feeding your cat or your dog or you're you know picking up your kids like I got to find somebody and I got to have them locked and ready to roll so similarly like if I put out a sales call for a next event and it's a high ticket item and no one's responded double up on the calls double up on who you're reaching out to on LinkedIn because I know that that is information as well
0: I remember in news when I used to get a phone call returned the next day, like, oh, yep, can we set up the interview? I'm like, mate, the story ran last night. It's been and gone. Like, you're too late after you didn't answer. They're like, oh, no, but I had to run it past head office and this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you need better media advisors (laughs) because this is just not how it works.
1: (laughs) The ship has sailed, my friend, on to the next, as I say. That's so right. All right, what's our next lesson? think on your feet. I mean, doing live television, and especially from the floor of the stock exchange meant that I was never in the studio. So if my battery goes down, my mic goes down, for whatever reason, the connection isn't happening. It was on me, especially in the wee hours of the morning, when not all the techs are in to figure it out. Um, I remember there was a time that my my master control guy, it was a huge snowstorm. It was three o'clock in the morning, and he's he calls me. He's like, Joya, I'm not going to make it for the beginning of your broadcast today. I need you to, line up the satellites and get yourself on the air. And I was like, what? He's like, I'm going to walk you through it. Any other reporter I know wouldn't be able to do it, but I know you're going to be able to do it. I'm going to walk you through it and you're going to get yourself on the air today. So I think you have to be able to be not afraid and think on your feet. And the same as with in business, you know, if something again is going south, you think on your feet and you've got, you've got to be able to pivot. You can't wallow in the sadness. If I don't have 15 people signed up, all right, who do I got to reach out to? Think on my feet, go to an event, host an event, but make sure I've got that room filled. Oh my gosh. So did you get to air in the end? I did. I did. And I remember the news station was like, wow, Joy, we heard you got yourself on the air today. I was like, I don't have time to talk about this. Like, what do we, (laughs) I got to think about what I got to say now, now that I've gotten my, the satellites up and running, I've got to figure out what I got to say. And they're like, wow,
0: amazing. And Yeah, great lesson in business and a great lesson in speaking as well, being able to think on your feet if something does go wrong, if a joke does fall flat, if you do forget your words, if you do get a tickle in your throat, you always have to have that adaptability in order to adjust because I find that's when people are too wedded to a plan, that's when things can go very wrong very quickly.
1: And I know that you teach a lot of reporters and you coach them on how to read a script versus being conversational. Like so much of business news and it was the biggest gift is you've just got to get up there and talk Mm. and you've got to be able to think on your feet because the market is changing fast. What you just said five minutes ago isn't even valid anymore. So thinking on my feet is probably one of the biggest skill sets that I've learned from being in the newsroom and being on the trading floor.
0: Ah, yeah, it's such a skill, live television. My goodness. What are we up to?
1: Five. number five is be on time. Like my boxing trainer said to me, she's like, you're always early. Like I really stress <laughs> out before meeting you because I know you're always early. And I'm like, if I'm three minutes late, I'm going to hear about it from you. But she's like, is, is it because you're in TV? I'm like, no, it's because my parents were always like three hours late to everything. And with news, I feel like, you know, my life just, the, the pendulum swung completely the opposite way. Be on time, be early. For me, it was just like, you know, ingratiating myself into the room, getting used to the scenario. So I wasn't huffing and puffing by the time I had to be on the air. Like I was completely like, okay, I'm grounded, I'm here, I'm good, ready to go. And so for me, when I have a meeting, if I'm doing a Zoom call, I'm always early. It's it's a sign of respect, respect for the person that's taking time out of their day to show up to, you know, do a, a sales call with me or vice versa, but be on time. And for I remember saying to my boxing channel last Thursday, seconds, are late in television. Mm-hmm. And here I have friends that show up 45 minutes late to things. And I think it's just so obnoxious.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting in news, you get a very different concept of time. So I used to do line producing, which was, uh, you know, in the studio, putting the show to air, essentially. And so yeah. when we, when we had like a two minute countdown, that'd be like, oh, go get a drink. <laughs> go
1: <laughs> go, go grab walk. something
0: that you need, go to the bathroom, like two minutes is <laughs> great. And then it's like, right, 15 seconds, we're on. And so you're totally right. You get this idea of Of time being so important and so when uh, for speaking even if it's virtual you always want to be well and truly set up I would say like 20 minutes before at the least if you can and if you're driving somewhere for a speaking gig get there early like I can't believe how often I'm at things and they're like oh the speaker's stuck in traffic I'm like, no way. Like, if you think you might get traffic, just get there early and go and have a coffee. Go and sit in the park. Like, and for me, if I'm ever speaking that's a place more than an hour away, I'll always go the night before.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are so many variables, like going to the airport, that you can always control. Like, why would you put unnecessary stress in your life? And for me, again, it's just being grounded in that space and and maybe even going around and glad handing and talking to some of the people in the room. So now I have allies to make eye contact with. If I'm in a live room and I'm talking to people, I love getting to things early mm. and, My final point is finding common ground. Again, if you're pressing that flesh minutes before you're actually able to speak, you're you're establishing common ground. And for me, I often only had the commercial break to get very quickly up to speed on who the company was, what they do, and the three questions I need to ask because they're ringing the opening bell or closing bell today. And so finding that common ground was was critical because then that kind of breaks down the barrier and when the camera actually turns on there's so much more at ease or you have some rapport and those are the minutes that really count so today when I'm at a networking event or I'm you know you know pressing the flesh as it were with you know a speaker that's about to speak I love coming on early once again that theme keeps coming up and just talking about hey I'm going to the bourbon trail in Kentucky this weekend or hey, you know, I tried out this new restaurant in Brooklyn this past weekend, something, anything that makes us human.
0: Absolutely. It's always about finding what connects us, not what divides us.
1: Well, in public speaking, you also want to create a talk where people see themselves in your story, right? Those me too moment. Ah, oh, me too. You know, that's when you have impact. That's when you have influence. Oh,
0: such good points. And as well, I love how you
1: mentioned this. story you don't need any added
0: stress in your life because all of that added stress with the panicking about parking or traffic or tech or any of those things, they will show up in
1: the voice and they will show up in how you speak. For me, it shows up in my book in right here where people get Botox. That's where you see it.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh, Joya. I have been thinking about getting Botox just this morning. My forehead's starting to look like one of those
1: roly-poly bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> You look beautiful. I don't believe.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't know. You kind of have hit thirty-five, and I've noticed a big difference. But anyway, conversation for another time. Joya, thank you so much. There's such fantastic points in there. Was there anything else you wanted to add?
1: Uh, nope, you can always get in touch with me by emailing me at info at I always love meeting new people just as I met you on Instagram. And so I'm, I'm at Joya das on Instagram, on Twitter, on pretty much every platform. as my first and last name, which is right here down below.
0: Joya das, thank you so much for joining that voice
1: podcast. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to visit you and meet you in person. Thanks for listening to That Voice
0: Podcast. For episode details straight to your inbox, leave your email at www.thatvoicepodcast.com.